Let's get ready to grumble! Ladies and gentlemen, this is now time for the Royal Grumble! Post-WrestleMania edition, I am your host Graham, and sitting across from me, it's Dan. Hi. Right, business. You know what's really, really long? WrestleMania. Yeah. You know what's not really long? This show. Today's podcast. Here you go. You can see me doing it, Dan. One hour on the clock. We are going to break down the whole of WrestleMania, <laughs> seven hours on all, including the pre-show, <laughs> in one hour. Go. Bang. Start. Dan, did you enjoy it? Yeah. It was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I did it in two sittings. I got to about half past three in the morning, and I just like, no, this isn't happening anymore. Makes sense. Yeah. That, that it was too much for me. Like, seven. no one wants to do anything for seven and a half hours. Nope. So, uh, pre-show. Yes. Um, the pre-show started with... The Cruiserweight Championship the match. Cruiserweight always. Championship match. Buddy yeah. Murphy against Tony Nese. Uh So, I did watch this, but I don't remember a thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we literally just got back from the Breed Show, which we'll talk about on a future show. Yes, we will. And, and a live show, too. We'll talk yeah. That will probably be on the feed at some point. Yeah, I hope um, so. Yeah, so Better we be. got back, and I think we just settled down. I put my jogging bottoms on. I got comfy. And that match was happening. Yep. Uh, Tony Nese won. Yes, he did. New York boys. Very surprised so, by that, personally. I wasn't. Buddy Murphy's been champion for, like, forever. I know, but I guess that's why I sort of thought he would continue to be. I don't know. And I think the thing that let it down is the fact that Tony Nese was a heel until about two weeks ago. Yeah, that didn't happen. And most people don't watch 205 Live. Nope. So didn't know he was... Cause Anytime they've seen him, he's been a bad guy. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, so the crowd were kind of just like, huh, okay. Well, what crowd that were actually paying attention to the match were a bit well, like What huh. crowd were already in the arena? But yeah. at least at least it was daylight at this point, because normally <laughs> you want the ambience of nighttime, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, we'll definitely get to the ambience of the lights, yes. <laughs> I imagine so. Maybe more on a future show, but definitely today at least. Oh, on the future show, when Daryl is back in the country, he will probably have a lot to say about the bright lights of I, WrestleMania. I think we're sent, yeah, the, the dazzling bright lights of WrestleMania. I think we'll essentially agree that multiple things are going to be broken down uh, for us by Daryl from the live perspective. So <laughs> uh, I think we could probably agree with that. But um, I, I quite enjoyed uh, the Cruiserweight Championship match, but shocked that Tony Knees won. Uh, th- also, I didn't know his finisher was literally the Tony Knees. Yeah. Or the knees or whatever. Yeah, just knees in the face. Yeah. So that was a little bit jarring as well. But, you know, New York. Was he the no-fly zone guy? Was that Drew Gulak? That's Drew Gulak. There we go then. Right. Because he was doing a couple of flips and stuff. I was like, yeah. They were mates though, weren't they? Yeah. Like, this is back when, you know, I don't want to say the bad old days of 205 Live because <laughs> it was just the different old days of 205 because there's not really been a good days of 205 <laughs> Live. Well, there's not an alleged racist, uh, alleged rapist leading the brand now. So no, it's fine. No, he's, no, he's leading other brands. Yeah, we'll talk about that on a future show yeah, when again, we talk about yeah, all that stuff. That's all saved for a whole different show. but The Women's Battle Royal. Yes. So, um, Ember Moon was back. Come back. What do you mean? When, did, when did she go? She's up? been injured for, for months. I think oh it was, was it just before or at Evolution when she got injured. Really? She she had like had to have elbow surgery and everything. They were talking about she was going to be out at least eight months. Oh man! So she's come back before schedule. Uh, we saw this again with Luke Harper on the men's battle royal. No fanfare no, whatsoever. Candice yep. LeRae was in there. Carrie Sane was in there to do a elbow drop. Yeah. Uh, the only two who got entrances were Asuka and uh, Naomi. Naomi, yes. Um, they were. So yeah, th- those two got entrances. Uh, I'm going to go straight to the finish of this match because I had a big issue with the finish of this match. Okay. 
So the last three were Asuka, Sarah Logan, and someone else. The other person isn't important. Asuka eliminated. Ember Moon person. was in the Royal Rumble. I knew she was. Was she? Yes. Oh, she, she got was. injured at Rumble then. There you go. Okay. Anyway, go but on. she was supposed to be out for months and months. Yes. Um, I probably still will be, I imagine. But yeah, anyway, go on. Yeah. So uh, it ends up where Asuka eliminates the other person, and then Sarah Logan eliminates Asuka. And when that happened, I was like, oh, that's a bold move. Yeah, that's that's cool. I, I'm down with that. I'm I'm really down with that. <laughs> and then Carmella slides in, yep. doing the Jerry Lawler gimmick, because that's what I'll always call it, because Jerry Lawler tried to do that in a Royal Rumble once. Okay. Uh, and slides in and eliminates Sarah Logan. And I was just thinking, I'd much rather Sarah Logan have won this. Yeah, I was surprised that they did the Sarah Logan thing, and even more surprised than when they failed to follow through on the Sarah Logan thing. Yeah, like, I really like the Riot Squad. I think they're brilliant. Uh, Riot Squad, sorry. Yes. Um, keep on brand. I think um, they're fine. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, dislike I re- them. I really like them. Um, so I was quite happy for Sarah Logan for that 10 seconds, and that's a common feeling throughout this pay-per-view. Well, well yeah. Very happy <laughs> for that person for 10 seconds. No. Uh, not many things go particularly short on this pay-per-view, and yet somehow moments are fleeting. <laughs> Isn't that odd? Very strange. The Revival versus Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Right, okay. So, <laughs> I, I, like I say, we'll get Daryl's word on this later on, but, uh, oh my, I think, uh, so the Revival, is, I take it they uh, they got the release then, did they? Or? <laughs> Knockout kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you punish a guy who punched a guy who tried to hurt Bret Hart? <laughs> Come on. As soon as this match was announced the other day, we continuously said, oh, so this is Kurt Hawkins' streak ending now. Well, yeah. Like, that's what this is. And actually, it got a great reaction in the arena by the sounds of it. Another New York, uh, two New Yorkers winning in New York. Yes. Vince is just completely doing away with that um, I'll embarrass people in their hometown thing. I guess he, there's, there's no more embarrassment you could give to someone from 205 Live or Zack Ryder and no, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, like, I know I'll embarrass him. I'll take away his streak. Oh, Vince, that, that means he wins. Oh. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Michael so, yeah. Cole should have broken out the old, the streak is over. That was mine. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I don't know if I said it in your in our group chat, to be fair. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, no, I don't think I did because I, I said was it to some. I said it to Chris yeah. about Stoke missing all their penalties. <laughs> that, that when they eventually score a penalty, someone should cut it over with that commentary. <laughs> the streak is over. Yeah, I'll let you off because I don't think I said it in our group chat because I didn't want to spoil things for you because I knew you were watching it. Much appreciated, Monday. my friend. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder are tag champs and they won again on Raw, which completely ruined my prediction of they will win at WrestleMania but lose it the next night to someone. Well, that's the usual Zack Ryder rule, isn't it? Yeah, but um, he's not the focus, so Vince has forgot. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably it. He just happens to be on the periphery. He's involved somehow. He's so, nearby. The last pre-show match was uh, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, uh, which featured uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che from SNL and Braun Strowman. And the Hardy Boys for a bit. They're the hard- Come oh, on, yeah, the Hardy were, Boys were kind of a thing in it. They were involved at the end, yeah. so that's why. Early, at late 99, Matt Hardy was in this match. Right, even with the... He was dressed like he was on SmackDown too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> He's I know you told me he looked like he does when he was on SmackDown 2, but I didn't believe that until I saw he was dressed like he did he, on SmackDown He's somehow 2. lost a considerable amount of weight and 20 years. Yeah. He, he, he had to ridiculous. retire. Do you it, remember he was like, I've retired? Yeah, his back was fusing with his pelvis. Yeah. Like <laughs> He was going to die. 
I mean, now, not die, but not walk. So he's been replaced. He went into the reincarnation thing, Paul. He must have. But he, he must have found a real one. <laughs> he's been to Shea Given's house and used his uh, Lazarus pool. That's what it is. Maybe he lives somewhere with Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul oh, Rudd's yeah. 50. 50. Paul Rudd is 50. Stop the clock. Like, Settle in. <laughs> Paul Rudd looks younger than you or I, and we are multiple years younger than Paul Rudd. To be honest, I feel twice my age, so that's fine. Yeah, but Paul Rudd looks half our age. <laughs> so, uh, and he is twice. Anyway, go on. So yeah, the big the big thing in this was uh, Braun Strowman trying to kill two comedians. Um, that was that was always going to be it, though. Wasn't yeah, it? which like, is fine for this, um, especially since it's on the pre-show. Like, I worry. I think I said actually on our preview show, I said because they're on it they might put this on the main show but then they i think explicitly <laughs> 10 minutes later went yeah it's on the pre-show so uh, i don't have a particular problem with yeah that. well actually colin joss turned out to be pretty good for a man who does not do wrestling <laughs> yeah, yeah he did all right yeah um so yeah that was that and braun Strowman eventually won of course and uh, did the pose I, I was literally staring going to the screen going do the pose do the pose you've got a minute do the pose you know the rule braun everyone do the has pose. to stand there and fold their arms next to the trophy do the pose so, someone posted a great twi- tweet of the picture of braun Strowman because instead of standing by the side of it he stood behind it yeah and someone says don't talk to like that about my chocolate child it's <laughs> just <laughs> such a weird brilliant thing uh, so then we got to the main show, which opened up with Alexa Bliss uh, as Thanos. Yep. What? All the Thanos references. What? Because she said, I, fear, um, I can make a WrestleMania moment happen like that and snapped her fingers. Oh, yeah, she did. But instead of making half the population disappear, she brought along someone who wants half the population to disappear in oh, Hulk Hogan. Oh, nice. I'll give you that one. <laughs> da- you know, there's a very small round of applause for you. Well done. Look at they Like, two weeks ago... You, well, last week you were having a go at me for saying I didn't know anything about the Avengers, but I know he clicks. Well, see, there you go. I'm learning. Right, you're learning or finally admitting to it. The point is, you know <laughs> I, about I, it now. I honestly haven't watched it. Oh, no one's asking you to watch <laughs> it. We're just asking you to be aware of popular culture anyway. Ten minutes in, right, we're one-sixth of the way through, and not even part <laughs> one-sixth of the way through the seven-hour show. So, yeah, Hulk Hogan comes out. Uh, pretends to get the name of the arena wrong and then, then gets, gets the actual the name, of the name of the arena how, wrong. How, 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 how is it possible? Oh, I'm here at the Silverdome. Oh, only just kidding. It's the MetLife Centre. Uh, anyway, see you later. Devon Dudley was the agent for this segment, so Hulk Hogan wasn't listening to him properly. Uh, Biggie is forgiving <laughs> him, though. Yeah, Biggie's forgiving Or is at least him. on Which the path to forgiveness. It's fair enough. Like, yeah. He is right. People deserve redemption. But, you know, publicly, as said, don't get caught being racist. Yeah, we. I mean, we can still rip him to bits. I think we're still allowed. Yeah, he's a giant orange Because he did explicitly. And, say, and he said he was a racist. Let's never forget that he actually said, I am a racist. No one says I am a racist. That guy. Racist. The guy who tackled Bret Hart. People read this comment. I read it. The guy who tackled Bret Hart deserved to get the beating he did, not only for attacking Bret Hart, but for not attacking Hulk Hogan. And for, was he a racist? That can they neither confirm nor deny. No, just a mental case, which is sad. So then uh, Paul Heyman, apropos of like seemingly nothing, walks out. I'm, I'm guessing he's under the impression that if he thinks that way about black people, I can't imagine what he thinks about Jewish people. So, so he storms by him, yeah. um, says, we're not waiting around. Brock's got a flight to catch. Last last train back to Canada's quite early. Tra- he said he was flying to Vegas, man. You got oh, to listen. Oh, he's going to Vegas, weren't he? Flying yeah. to Vegas to sign a deal with someone who will ultimately appreciate him more. Which was quite a you know Paul Heyman line. Yeah, that was it was pretty good. Uh, so we get the uh, d- the Universal Title match to open the show of Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. 
I did wonder if they might open with one of the title matches, and sure enough, they did. One they at the beginning, one in the middle, one at the end. Yeah, club pretty, sandwich. Yes, club sandwich indeed. Well, there but, it was. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed this, you know. Like, yeah. short, not amazing. Um, I, I feel they may have pulled more out if they'd been in the main event of a show, but you know that's not too much of a you problem. Know, I'd rather this because this is the perfect length and speed of a Brock Lesnar match. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I thought this would be all right is that Brock works best when it's shorter the other guy's smaller the other guy takes a lot of bumps but also dishes out some exciting yeah. offense so it was pretty much brock pagger in him for a while and i say a while i mean about four minutes yep. and then seth rollins gives him a massive boot in the balls hits i did a punch in the balls Come on, let's, let's, let's be specific about how his testicles were attacked speed bag style yep. uh, only the one punch but he was trying to get the speed bag speed, going speed bag speed bag. yeah okay. um so then uh, after he does that, he hits him with four stomps. Three stomps. Three stomps. Yep. One for each of the F5s they gave Undertaker the other year. That's yes, not I the reason, so. but that's the reason. No, but that, yeah, but it's not, but it is, but it's not. But yeah. also he didn't get hit with any F5s. Or did he get hit with one? On the outside. Yes, on the outside. And then the other one was the one that um, he hit the ref. And that's yeah. when he ended up doing the... That's when he went. Punch the ball. And Seth Rollins is your going to be on the telly every week Universal Champion. Yes. Pleased with that? Yeah. I'm going to say I am pleased with it, but I have reservations about it, uh, which I think we'll get into a little more if we actually have any time left to talk about Raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, following this was AJ Styles against Randy Orton. Yeah. So uh, if you were watching this match live, you couldn't see a thing. Which yes, this is so when it really started because they decided they wanted to light the crowd some more, so they shone spotlights in all the crowd's faces. Yeah. Now, Daryl will be able to talk about this a bit more than us, obviously, when he comes back from the United States of America. Uh, if he comes back. Yeah, if he comes back from. Yeah, it's WrestleMania 35, or as they say, 35. Ho- Hollywood Daryl hanging around with Matt Hardy and. Matt Hollywood's the other that. side, mate. Come on. It's, it, it, New York Daryl. Broadway Daryl. Broadway Daryl. Broadway Daryl. Vaudeville Broadway Daryl. Tony Award winning Daryl. <laughs> Don't give him any awards. No, not even virtual ones. Um, I enjoyed this. I This match was pretty much... Actually, I would say it maybe slightly exceeded what I thought it would be because I expected it to be really short, and it was fairly short, but it wasn't too short. Um, you got to see them hit their big spots. Uh, they had quite good chemistry together. Um, there were some interesting spots that I didn't expect. They steered away from the very obvious uh, phenomenal forearm into the RKO, which they did the week before on telly. And I was yeah. like, why did you do that on telly? But that's why. Um, they even lent that into it when he was going to go for the forearm and he changed into 450. Yeah. Um, and AJ Styles won. So for me with this match, I drank a massive cup of coffee just before this match and it had not kicked in yet. And there was two or three moments during this match where my eyes closed, uh. and I was genu- I was flagging at this point um, already. Um, Chris kept having to talk to me to wake me up. <laughs> I think, <laughs> um, yeah. So the bits of the match, like I do remember, and what I saw, like the finish. Well, the thing with AJ Styles hesitating on the phenomenal forearms who hit the four fifty. That was a cool spot. Uh, yeah. It, it was fine from what I saw. I, a lot of people seem to be high, higher on this match than I am, but my coffee hadn't kicked you, in. Uh, if you missed part of it, then I suppose that would explain it. We are yeah. 50 minutes gone, one quarter of the way through our time for WrestleMania. <laughs> so um, I, this is the match I woke up for. Uh, the Usos versus The Bar, Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, and the team of Alistair Black and Ricochet. Um, so there's one thing I want to say. I am genuinely gutted the Usos re-signed. 
Yeah, because you like them yeah. as a tag team and you think that they would have more better tag team matches elsewhere. It's not even the fact better. I just want to see them versus teams like LAX. Yeah. Like, them and the LAX is the match I want to see. Uh. Like, that would be fantastic. And there's plenty of other tag teams we'll have really good matches <sighs> with, but that's one of the matches I desperately would like to see, which I'm not going to get to see. Now, not that this is related to WrestleMania, but why aren't LAX called the new LAX, like all the best new teams, like the new Midnight Express and the, the new Rockers? That's what they're missing. That's what would send the new <laughs> LAX over the top. Call them the new LAX and then... We shall be talking more about LAX next weekend, which is when we're hopefully doing our best of the rest of WrestleMania show, we'll which I still need to put the full list together of possible matches and stuff. I thought this match was very good for what it was. I really liked how featured Alistair Black and Ricochet yeah. were, not only in the match, but also in their entrances, which were perfect for the WrestleMania stage. Perfect apart from one thing. The creaking. What creaking? When Alistair Black rises up I now. I did. Yes. <coughs> I'd forgotten. Creaky noises. Until you said that, I'd forgotten. Now, were they put in or was that? Yeah, oh, it's put no. in. Yeah. I just didn't know if the thing wasn't working properly. Stop calling him Moody. We need something else for him to differentiate him from the rest of the roster, apart from, you know, this ridiculously good look he's got and great move set and just instant charisma without saying a word. Let's give him some creaking on his entrance. Ugh. Anyway, so there are two really good spots in this match. Yep. First off was Cesaro doing 32 revolutions of the Cesaro swing <laughs> while Sheamus grabbed different people each time on the end and did his big battering people on yeah, the ropes yeah. thing. Uh, the other great thing in the match was Ricochet hit the 630 yeah. and it took everybody jumping in to stop the thing, to pull over just like, okay, that's a big move. I don't trust anyone else to do this. I'm going to stop that count. Yeah, I really liked that. I thought that was a really clever finish. Um, poor Ricochet and Alistair Black. They had what could have been a, such a great week on paper and what turned out to not be that great week, a week for them in terms of gold. They are the first team to have a shot for the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT titles within the same week. And incidentally, also the first team to lose every single shot for the Raw, <laughs> SmackDown, and NXT titles in the same week. But I, I, I thought that meant, okay, this is where they go singles. But no, they were teaming again on Raw. Yeah, I can't decide if I want them to go singles or not. Because on one hand... Uh, that's where the sort of star power is. But on the other hand, like if they stick as a tag team for the moment, they're doing fine. They're getting a little bit of momentum, and they are a surprisingly good team. Let's be honest. A lot most tag teams feud with each other. I'd be all right with Ricochet against Al Alistair Black. You kidding? Face Ricochet against yeah. heel Alistair Black. That'd or even other way, Ricochet being cocky, like well, flashy heel. Yeah, and yeah he's smaller in it. <laughs> you got to play to your strengths, man. Play to your strengths. Uh, speaking of play to your strength, The Miz against Shane McMahon in a false count anyway match. He fell off stuff, didn't he? Well, he played to his strength. Including, one of the things he fell off, he didn't mean to fall off. No, he definitely did not. So, the bit I'm talking about is they brought into the crowd towards the production areas and The Miz threw him on top of a golf cart, yeah. but he just slid off and splattered on the concrete. I, oh, man. The noise it made. He definitely went to land on that golf cart. <laughs> and he definitely did not land on that golf cart. <laughs> it, it was just sickening. Um, so the whole thing... So, the other bit we've already skipped in this match was uh, Shane going for the Miz's dad again. Yeah. And the Miz's dad doing the Nelson Munz pose when he tries to fight Bart in that very old episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. Just gets up and, and squares up to Shane. Uh, right. <laughs> Do we want... I know it's Miz's dad, so you know he's part of the show. Is it the very best yeah. idea to have someone jump out of the crowd I, the, I the night this. after someone jumped out of the crowd and attacked Bret Hart? Yeah, is that, the best that, message you want to send? That isn't the thing. Unless you had Shane, like, 
I mean, the only tweak I would have made is you could have had Shane like drag him over the drag him, drag him over and say, "Oh, you're going to see him now," and then you know, like that would have been a different way of doing things. The only thing I thought with that, and I tweeted it out at the time, saying, uh, "Breed uh, hybrid tournament, George Mizanin uh, versus Shane McMahon," because I was established from the Hall of Fame where Shane was the first one in to save Brett after the Rasta Man attacked him. Shane McMahon is solid. You don't have to agree that he's the best in the world, even though he is. But he is solid. Can we agree that he's solid? He did jump in. Also, I do like that he's, pl- he's really playing on the best of the world thing now. Yeah. I think it's oh, good. Oh, the giant trophy. The VR the trophy. trophy. <laughs> oh, see, that's why I'm gutted Daryl was watching it live rather than in, rather than on TV. Because he'd have loved that. He would have He would have really enjoyed it. I'm hoping it. they showed it on the screens. What him. they missed was an inflatable version of that trophy. And then everyone could have enjoyed it. Just loads of inflatable trophies. Well, like, up. you know, Mrs. Inflatable Awesome. They should yeah. bring that back. Or like Bailey's Inflatable Tube Men. Well, suddenly. they weren't really inflatable, were they? <laughs> Let's be it, honest. It, it was a sign. Speaking of which, go on. Well, um, the finish of this match, the, uh, the Miz suplex Shane off of some scaffolding uh, <laughs> onto a uh, platform. Mat. Well, a platform. Dude, you know how I said, I said very recently when we talked about something like this, TNA did something like this where they threw everyone into the... Uh, boxes and then cut to a wide shot which made it clear it was boxes <laughs> they cut to a wide shot don't cut to a wide shot <laughs> boxes with cardboard and mattresses and stuff i mean like and yeah obviously chain one because he's the best Cause in the world because he landed on top of miz and the referee just went huh i'm just a with. little gutted that miz lost because it probably a means there's more Miz and shame at man feud which i don't necessarily have a problem with but b well actually there's more reasons why b might not happen but i I really want f- face Miz against heel Daniel Bryan. I don't think people understand how much they need that until they do. Uh, yeah, so as we mentioned about Bailey and her non-inflating, wable, waving arm flailing tube men, uh, the Boston Hog Connection defended the WWE Tag Team Championships against Nia Jax and Tamina, uh, the Iconics, and the Divas of Doom, Beth Phoenix and Natalia. So um, when we were watching, I was like, Sasha Banks doesn't look that annoyed. So oh, you weren't studying her face properly. No, yeah. So I messaged our friends who were at uh, Walkabout watching it on the big screen, and they were sat right up in front of the big screen. I went, Sasha Banks don't look annoyed. I'm like, no, no, no. Her she's face under. <laughs> she's like, got it's the there. face. And then the the two man didn't inflate properly, and you could see Bailey's head drop a bit. You're like, oh, that who's winning the tag? It best not be Nia Jax. Nia Jax and Tamina were barely involved in this match, and that was the right way to do things. Yeah, because it was actually one of my favourite matches on the card. Really? Yeah, I really enjoyed this tag match. I thought match. it was good. I thought. Yeah. I, I think it was... The, the two matches that are happening in this thing, these are my two favourite matches of the card. Oh, really? Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah. Um, Tamina and Nia Jax barely involved in the match. They keep getting knocked out of the ring. Uh, it's mainly the Divas of Doom dominating people. They take out the Iconics. Uh, they start battling with the Boston Hood connection. Eventually, they uh, Beth Phoenix hits the uh, Implant Buster... Onto the, Bailey. The, the, what glam slam? The glam slam. Yeah. Did she used to call it the implant buster when she started? No, you're thinking of a different move, which is not the same move. You're it's thinking slamming of, them face first. Right, but you're thinking yeah. of Awesome Kong's implant buster, which is she has the yeah, double on okay. hook and she brings it up. So it's not the yeah, same. Okay. It's not dissimilar, but it's I, not the same. I couldn't remember the proper name of it. Well, the, so she hits it, move. and then all of a sudden wow. the iconics rush in the ring, steal the pinfall. And the Iconics win the, the Women's Tag Team Championships, which made me very happy because I like the Iconics. Well, they're, they're the only team, aren't they? Let's be honest. The others are single stars that are put together. The Iconics have come as a package from the minute that they came onto the roster. So. And also, former guests on this show. Yes, exactly. A you week can, ago. 
you can go back and listen to Daryl interviewing the Iconics from uh, WrestleMania interview Bonanza last week. Yeah, uh, the uh, WrestleMania interview series. Yes, that's what I said. Series <laughs> Bonanza. Anyway, I just want to say Bonanza. Am I allowed to say Bonanza? You've said it about four times, so I guess well, you are. I guess I am allowed to say Bonanza then. That's good. Next up, it's... Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. What's the best match on the show? Let's, yeah. let's get it out of the way right this now. Was, this was perfect in every way. Like, it's just everything about this match was just absolutely perfect. Um, the match itself was really fantastic, the way they built up. Um, they kept the interference to a minimum till the very end when eventually New Day take Rowan out. Um, with the up, up, down, down, leaving Kofi and Daniel Bryan in the ring together. Daniel Bryan keeps hitting, getting him in the yes lock. Kofi gets out. He hits the running knee. Kofi kicks out. And then eventually um, the SOS into the LaBelle lock. Uh, Kofi went for the SOS and Daniel Bryan continued rolling through to get him in the LaBelle lock again. Ultimately, Kofi hits Trouble in Paradise and beats Daniel Bryan for the world. Heavyweight Championship. Is it, oh, it's the WWE Championship. W, no, that's why it's important. Because Kofi Kingston is officially the first black and only black uh, WWE champion. And the first, and therefore, the first black Grand Slam champion as yes. well. Yes. First grand, black Grand Slam champion. First uh, black Triple Crown champion. He's got, <laughs> he got loads of stuff. He's the 30th Triple Crown champion. The 20th Grand Slam champion. And more importantly, he is the WWE champion. It was amazing. Um, so there's so many great things. So in the ring, uh, before the match, the New Day said, we have a present for you when you win. Yep. Uh, the present turns out to be a box of new T-shirts of uh, New Champ, mm-hmm. uh, which they all wore. Kofi's kids got in the ring, and one of his sons oh, incidentally, got uh, on the second rope. And in, do you know the story about the T-shirts and uh, Diamond Dave Meltzer? No. Uh, Dave spoiled the match for everybody half an hour before the... Uh, before the before the match ended, I'm glad I don't follow him. Right, Twitter. um, so and then he was angry with he was uh, he's been having a go at people on Twitter basically a bunch of people saying he shouldn't have done it, but he um tweeted about half an hour before the match just to say this t-shirt's gone up on WWE.com, and when everyone said Dave, you didn't have to tweet about that, he's gone, oh well, blame WWE.com, they didn't have to put it up on their website. I'm a journalist, I report things. You report things when they're convenient for you, though, don't you, don't you, Dave? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, reading I, is your friend. Um, so yeah, his kid, Kofi's kids are in the ring. I don't know if you've seen the videos. So th- there's one video in particular of Shad Gaspard and MVP watching this match in a bar, and they both start crying when Kofi wing- wins because of the importance great. of Kofi winning. Yeah, it's very so. The best thing about this is this show is kind of filled with stories that should have been easy to do, and they kind of mess them up in one way or another. Um, this was the one that they got right because it was handed to them on a silver platter with not enough time to mess up and then the match itself right, on Wrestlemania on, we, right. but then the actual Wrestlemania part of it itself was perfect from start to finish can we accept that it would have been very easy for them to mess this up and they did oh not, yeah right? it, it would be to very the point easy. where they actively ch- like they don't often change their own plans but they actively change their own plans based on only minimal like on a moment in an elimination chamber match that could have been dismissed so easily yeah. And we could have had Daniel Bryan against Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan would have retained and it would have been fine. It would have been a decent match in the middle of the card and no one would have cared about it. 
but instead we got what genuinely one of the most touching moments of any yeah. WrestleMania. I, I honestly think this will be the moment everyone remembers from the show. Oh, easily, no like question. This, for years coming, this will be the, like everyone will go. Can you remember that WrestleMania in New York where Kofi won the title? Yeah, no question. It's just it's amazing. Um, so uh, yeah, next up. Uh, no, no, because oh, I'd I'd like to say oh, some yeah, things about it. it myself if you don't mind. We've still got a little bit of time, you know, and it's like we've still got just I, over half the time. I, I've got a definite thing I want to talk about with Raw. So. Do you know an interesting thing that I thought after? First of all, I teared up after this match. I'm not even ashamed to say it because you know, uh, seeing Kofi with his kids and yeah, with his was, friends, it and it was just beautiful. I also liked the little touch of bringing in the the proper, as it were, WWE yeah. Championship, <laughs> which was hidden underneath the other one which was so clever i was like when they took him up i was like there's a belt underneath that and i was worried i thought oh no this is gonna be a blue one in it it's gonna be a blue one like the raw (laughs) one's a red one but no it was the the most recent proper one anyway i forgot that what that belt looked like well (laughs) yeah exactly that's how quick quick we're done by the way uh quick reminder uh if you want the daniel bryan eco-friendly wwe title yours for a mere five grand um so not only do I think this is so important, but do you know the interesting thing that I thought after this, right? First of all, I think anyone would agree this would have been a good way, good place to end any show. Yeah. My thinking was, at this point, I went, wow, wouldn't this be a great place to stop a show and go, God, can't you wait until tomorrow and see what happens then? Hmm. I've said it multiple times, and I'm going to say it again. WrestleMania, should, if they're going to do it like this, it should be a two-day event. Yeah. And... I know, I've I mentioned this a couple of places. I know New Japan are turning Wrestle Kingdom into a two-day event. Yep. And whilst I'm not suggesting that that will necessarily influence WWE in any particular way, they've had the MetLife for ages, right? They've had to build the set. They've had to put all these things together. Now, I know there's obviously there's huge cost differences between, um, you know, staffing for one night, staffing for two nights. But if you have the arena anyway and you have the capacity to do it, and you have the platform to do it, and you have the desire for people to do it. People are in town. Do it over two nights. Because this would have been a perfect night one end, and you go, by God, that was such an amazing night. And don't forget, tomorrow we've still got Ronda Rousey, and we've still got, look how much more we've got to, to go. This, for me, was a perfect example of, first of all, a great WWE title match that ends in a real feel-good moment that I could enjoy. And secondly, it was just such a case for, God, don't you just want to see what happens tomorrow night now? Yeah. You know? And instead, it was, don't you just want to see what happens for the next three hours and 20 minutes now? Yeah. See, that that's the that's the big problem with this WrestleMania. It's not that anything was... the one the thing big problem with any bad. WrestleMania now, isn't but it? Seven and a half hours. We that's really should thank, pay, in retrospect, thank pay-per-view companies. Because... Yeah. Realistically, they wouldn't have run something like this if it was that long. No. So, I think retroactively, you need to thank them for at least limiting things to a certain level. WCW got cut out at three hours and five minutes for Halloween Havoc. And it was right to do it. <laughs> Did you see Halloween Havoc? <laughs> no, because it's you were waiting out, for it. They, they cut out on the wrong match, though. I know, They yeah, cut they, out DDP Goldberg, which was excellent. Yeah. Well, that was the last Nitro that beat Raw in the ratings, wasn't it? Because they had to replay <laughs> yeah. it the next night. Next up, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States title. Samoa Joe finally gets his single match at WrestleMania, and it lasts about 30 seconds. If Rey Mysterio is injured, that's fine. Yeah. like this... I was worried because I thought, he's injured. He can't do much. But they might very well still have him win the title. This was the point I was considering going to bed, and I just got that last little bit of wind for um, Samoa Joe beating him in 30 seconds. Love Samoa Joe. 
Yeah. Great. It looked like an absolute badass here. That was just fine. I, I've got no problem with a well-placed squash match. Of course, I would like to see Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio have a very long and detailed match where they're both doing something they're capable of. On a show like this, fine. Yeah. Next up, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. The return of Roman Reigns. Right. My boy Drew, first of all, I wonder how excited he was by the uh, by the uh, the New York City... Um, no, it wasn't New York City. Well, anyway, the New York Police Department uh, pipe band, considering they all had shamrocks on their drums. <laughs> I bet <laughs> I bet he didn't say a word. I bet it was oh cheers, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> Love pipe bands. And they go, Look, look, Scotland, it's like you. It's like Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> They're all wearing skirts like it's, it's not a skirt, but it's not a skirt. It's fine. Why do you have to do this to me? <laughs> so yeah, um this match was it, it was alright. It was fine. Yeah, it it was kind of what we expected, where it's McIntyre's going to get a bit of his stuff in, but then you're going to get Roman Reigns stuff. The worry for me going forward is if they continue having this style of Roman Reigns match, at what point does it tip back the other direction? Yeah, I don't think it'll take long at all. He was already getting booze at Raw after with the Shield. Yeah. Ah, oh, just which don't mess that one up. I like, mean, this is why I said, and I stand by it, especially now. Um, they should have had the Baron Corbin match here. Just Roman against Baron Corbin, same length as Samoa Joe against Rey Mysterio should have been. So on this. before we talk about the next segment, there was a segment before that match, which was uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost in the trainers' room backstage. Um, can you remember this? I do. Yeah, that's why my face is like it is. <laughs> so they're talking, and uh, Michael Che is saying, "This is all your fault," you know, and then. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash turn around. Kevin Nash, who appears not no longer to have eyebrows, um, turn around and Kevin Nash like gets the glove, does the thing, says, are you ready for your prostate exam? And it's like, okay. And my genuine comment to Chris was, uh, uh, so you've just crowned your like this massive moment of a black world champion and next thing you're going to uh, threaten to... Anally violate the next black guy who appears yeah, on your I mean, screen. You could just have said sodomize. It would have been better. <laughs> Why were they dressed as doctors? What was what was this all about? So on Fightful, they pointed out that Kevin Nash did the exact did a very similar joke once on TNA when he was doing the paparazzi productions thing. But that's the only reference you could ever make to them dressing as doctors. They had so few backstage <laughs> segments, right? And that's not too much of a problem, especially on a show this long. Why was this one? What was it about? Is it literally just, oh, uh, Triple H, all, all our other mates are on the show. Can you get us on it? Yeah, all right. Dress as doctors. Threaten to stick your finger up his bum. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it was so strange I had to mention it. So next up, out comes Elias for his WrestleMania concert. Yeah. So uh, there's him on uh, drums and him on piano. <laughs> uh, and funny. he plays his own little concert. People yeah. start singing, uh, oh, walk with Elias. Yeah. So he starts playing along with it on his guitar. Yeah. And then uh, we get uh, a video play of Babe Ruth. Yes. And then notable New York Yankee fan and... Uh, New York home native, loves Babe Ruth, he does. The Doctor of Thugonomics, John Cena, came the out. Goddamn Doctor of the Thugonomics. The Doctor of Thugonomics came out. Playing it straight as, as well. Yeah. That was the best bit, because if he'd come in and been like, right. oh, yeah, and they don't Wink, work. Nudge, yeah. Oh, he played it straight as, and that just made it so much better. Oh. Yeah, and we got a full John Cena rap. So, just to be clear, you were at WrestleMania 25. Yeah. 
Daryl's been at WrestleMania 35. At both of those, basic Thugonomics hit for John Cena's music. Yours, it was a preamble to his proper yeah. music. Daryl actually got to see the Doctor in action. This is to make up for the Unless fact that... Unless he does it at WrestleMania 45 and I somehow get there, I am never going to see <laughs> what you two saw. You know what? That was to make up for the fact of how, like, half-jokingly annoyed I was at Daryl for some of the things he saw at the G1 Supercard show. But, I think that's your equivalent of <laughs> Muta and Liger in the ring together. I mean, it's cl- yeah. I mean, yes, okay, yeah. I don't know if it's so, quite the equivalent, but it's not far <laughs> off, yes. In terms of the uh, importance you place on it. Yes. So next up, Triple H versus Batista in a uh, career-ending... Uh, Triple H put his career on the line against Batista. Yes. So first off, I want to point out that I've been saying for weeks... He's come out on bikes. He's come out on trikes. This year he's got a quad. We absolutely have to give you that one, Dan. Four wheels. Because he definitely did come out on a quad. Triple H has seen Mad Max, everyone. He's yep. seen Mad Max Fury Road, and he missed the point about the fact that it was mainly about the women. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes out on a massive uh, like quad bike, car thing. Um, like a big road. Weird, weird, yeah. ske- weird screaming skeleton. Um, so I was looking at the skeleton head that was on the front of it, and I was trying to think of the intimidating noise the creepy skeleton head would make, and the only noise I could think of was, <coughs> that's the noise that head was making. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a real noise that Dan just <laughs> made right in front of me. I had to see <laughs> that as well. I did the face of the skeleton head, though. Yes, he did Th- do a face of the skeleton That's because that's the head. noise it makes. That's the only noise that facial configuration could make. Did we enjoy the fact that Batista tripped up going into the ring, so then got back out of the ring and did it again? Yeah, because but he's not, Hollywood. didn't trip up. I was like... Keep the cameras rolling, I'll do another take. That's what he is. I love heel Batista. Yeah. I know I mentioned this before. I just... Don't go, Dave. Keep coming back. There's so much to love about Batista. Um, the thing that I saw just before you arrived today to record was a video that Xavier Woods has posted of him and Tyler Breeze in the arena during the tech rehearsals. Yeah. And they start playing Batista's music and they're both stood in the center of the arena in, mid- in daylight singing, uh, screaming along to the words of Batista's <laughs> music. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's great. Um, Dan, I imagine you enjoyed this match quite a lot just because it had some things that you would sort of usually enjoy. I mean, it wasn't uh, Jimmy Lloyd versus Takeda for Look, the all I'm break. saying is, right, <laughs> if one of these people had been named Jimmy Havoc, you would have been pulling for it and so, saying how great it was. On one hand, I thought this match was very self-indulgent and a bit long and stuff. But, but of course the, it was. On the other hand, Triple H pulled out Batista's nose ring with a pair of pliers. Yeah. Which was awesome. And you think, okay, so he's like, it, it must have been a clip-on or something. No, Batista's nose was bleeding after it. And he did the other thing. What was the other thing he did? He did something else with a tool. Oh, He, he was putting he, his hand in the red. He did the finger-breaking thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I like those spots because, you know. I like well, exactly. <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I was watching that going, do you know what? I bet Dan will enjoy this a lot more than he expected to. <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy. It was not, it was still a bit, you know, it was a Triple H match. <laughs> It was given a bit more time than it should have been, and it was a bit self-indulgent. But nowhere near as self-indulgent as some of his matches have been over the last year, few years. I um, think for a guy who hasn't wrestled in five years, and a guy who had his pec torn six months ago... Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I think this was really quite good. Like I was hoping I'd get pleasantly surprised, and I was. I was unpleasantly... Su- well, not surprised, actually. I was just disappointed to discover that Batista announced his retirement on WWE.com. Yeah, come um, back, Dave. I know you don't have to. By the way, um, what's the age difference between Triple H and Batista? Um, I'm guessing Triple H is older. By how much? About seven years. Nope. Batista is one year older than Triple H. 
Oh, yeah, because he didn't I start this until up. he were 30-odd, didn't he? Yeah, I looked this up, and it was like... Because he was playing, it was like, oh, like the future. Triple H is a year younger than Batista. I always forget that Batista started when he was like 30-something. He did, yeah. Like, yeah. We were like 34 or something. Well, this was like... This was two sort of staggering bearded bald men, like, just having a final fight. Yeah. Lads in the pub. It's got a little bit out of hand. Someone got some pliers. You know, it all went bad. So next up... Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle. Right. Why? I know why. Why? Why? why, why I know why, why. I know why. I know exactly why. And here's why. Okay. Kurt Angle, since he started in wrestling, has always been a pay your dues, follow the rules, love wrestling for everything it is. I am absolutely nailed on 100% certain that Kurt Angle insisted that he go out on his back. Oh, no. that That's not the part. I, I'm more saying why Baron Corbin? Because honestly, I think Kurt Angle probably thought, again, I'm not saying he was heavily involved in the creative process, but I reckon they were planning to put this together to do like a a bit of a, well, we'll get Kurt a win um, to finish him off. It'll be a guy that doesn't really matter. And I, I am so sure that Kurt will have insisted, no, uh, rest, you retire on your back. That's how it's done. That's how the business works. I bet you cannot think of five people on the entire WWE roster who would you who would you less like to see in this match than Baron Corbin? Uh, Otis Dozovich. No, I'd see that. Uh, you mean on the active roster? Yeah. Mike Some Kanellis. a young guy you could put over. Mike Kanellis. Uh, you get some fun spots with Maria involved. Don't like That's Mike the only Mike reason Kanellis. he's hired. Just, he's just got annoyed by his Mike entrance Kanellis. music at WrestleMania though would be better than Baron Corbin in his waiter gear. Well, that is true. Let me show you to your table. Yes. The only thing that almost saved this whole thing was the fact that Kurt Angle got a lot of mic time and he got to have a use up chance for the last time, and got to go st- like stand with his family and his twenty five kids. Um, oh. <sighs> But only by two different women, so that's fine. Yeah. It's uh, just very virile. Uh, Becky was watching this with me, and she says, how many wives has he had? I went, I, th- I think it's only two. Like, he's... <laughs> two actual wives and one Raka Khan. Okay. Are we allowed to say her? No, probably not. <laughs> Remember when he wanted to have bestiality sex with Charmel? <laughs> Kurt Angle, we barely knew you. Thank you. He's just a sexy Kurt. <laughs> Next up, Bobby Lashley versus The Demon. The Finn demon, Bala. the demon. This is the demon, Finn Balor, the demon. You know, Notably, not the normal Finn Balor. This is the demon. So uh, I listened to the Fightful review of this um, today, and they pointed out when Finn Balor was stood on that giant plinth or whatever it was that lowered him down, they said for a second they were hoping that he was going to float down to the ring, like when uh, Seven in WCW floated to the <laughs> ring, which would have been amazing. <laughs> now I want to see that. Amazing. Also, surely it, it, completely impractical. Yeah, because it was an open air arena. Well, exactly. But still, imagine how amazing it'd been if Finn Balor had just floated to the ring. But Bobby Lashley's contacts had popped out. Why was he wearing contacts? Uh, because he had to look at least slightly interesting. Yeah. Um. So people keep posting, and and no, you've not watched. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. But I know a few people listen to this who do. Uh, that he was dressed as the Nightman, so Finn Balor could be uh, um, Dayman. Okay. Um. It was just a whole thing. Um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, this match was actually quite good. I enjoyed it. Again, it was short, but yeah, it put it, over what it needed to put yeah, over. Yeah, Bobby Lashley did a few like Bobby Lashley things, and then 
demon bob uh, power bombs bobby lashley the power bomb was a great spot uh, also the spot where leo rush was going to get involved and the demon just turned around and stared at him and leo rush just went nope Wasn't, didn't he just didn't he growl at him as well yeah yeah that was uh, a little odd just a fun thing to point out as well what was it about a year and a half ago when Leo Rush was the uh, bane of the wrestling world for no selling a powerbomb off the top of a ladder through a table? And now he's on WrestleMania. <laughs> was that before or after he was laughing at the people who got sacked? Uh, it was before. Right, there you go. So, Don't yeah, he's. got sacked, Leo Rush. Not nice. So, yeah. Uh... Oh, no, it was. He said that thing. Uh... Oh, it was Emma, wasn't it? When uh, Tennille yes, Dashwood was. got fired and he said, I guess someone wasn't ready for Asuka. Um, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that match I really enjoyed. Finn Balor is once again Intercontinental Champion. Uh, it was a cool thing. Um, it's it's weird that the Demon's not been on telly for a long time. It is. Um, but, but I guess, like... Well, I can't decide if that's how it should work. Cause, uh, you I, pointed out the fact that Bobby Lashley made reference to the fact that he can't win big ones unless he brings out the Demon. Yeah, they so used that, the Demon. Yeah, they used that as part of the feud earlier on. And then... Finn Balor proved him wrong by not pinning Bobby Lashley, but pinning Leo Rush instead. And he's actually gone to the point, like Finn Balor, at multiple junctures before I've gone, I'm not using the demon, I'm just me. And he very rarely wins when that happens, yeah. which sort of undermines his point. So uh, before the main event, we had another segment, which was, and I'm, I thought about how I want to word this, a tackle tease. I think that's the best way I could figure out without having to paint the swear jar. Okay. So Alexa Bliss um, comes out and says, uh, I think it's about time for a break. And then nothing. And she says, I said break. And at that moment, I got a bit excited because I thought glass break. Oh, I didn't think that, but I did think but someone I've, else as well. I, I've seen a lot of people make that same comment as me when I looked afterwards and like when she said break, I thought Austin was coming out. And I was like... And who did you think? I thought Chris Jericho was coming out. He's got a, he's literally got a three year contract with another company. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that that's why I thought it was so momentous. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they've managed to like because I didn't. <laughs> you don't know. Like it could be that the contract starts from this date. So they were like, right, well, I think they actually do start from May first. Well, that's the date, so yeah. for example, that could so that could quite easily have happened then. But could have done. I mean, it didn't. But that's why because break made me think break the walls down. You know. It shows the different break. areas we come from, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Well, Whereas not that, that different, but yeah, okay. But like, uh, as soon as you said break, I was like, it's Austin, it's Austin. And no, instead we got a dance break with R-Truth and Camilla, uh, Carmella. I mean, it was nine seconds. <sighs> nine seconds too long. I, I'm, I'm happy that, that Carmella got her second moment and R-Truth got his one moment. It did did segue into a pretty, pretty, cool, uh, pretty cool intro, though. Mm. So I, like... They they must have done this as live because unless they filmed it the previous night, how could it be dark and they have Charlotte coming out in a helicopter? But also, she, I mean, yeah, okay. She wasn't wearing any safety gear. No, no, that was, that was concerning for me. Also, the fact, the reason I didn't think it was live, like, I knew it wasn't live, but the fact that they edited it down slightly was the fact that um, the rotors on the helicopter stopped way too quick. Okay. They take a little while to kind of cool down. I don't have a down. problem with that. Like, yeah. That's fine. And they weren't going to let her get out of it while they were still turning because she don't want to mess up the do before she comes out. No, or, you know, chop her own head off. So Charlotte Flair comes out with her title 
and she gets a helicopter to enter it. She didn't actually come out first, though, did she? No. She, Instead, she did the helicopter and then walked to the arena. Yeah, and then we got uh, Joan Jett bringing Ronda Rousey out. Now, I'm well up for Joan Jett being on WrestleMania. I love me some Joan Jett. Do you know what? I, I All I knew of Joan Jett was this song. Joan Jett was brilliant. She is. Like, she's amazing. Clearly. Like, she is properly amazing. Like I, say, I knew nothing about her before, and apart from the, that I knew this song. Like, there's very few songs where you actively listen to someone play live and go, that is evidently better than their uh, recording. Yeah. But her voice is better on the blinking live track yeah, than it was recorded. Joan Jett is amazing. Fantastic. Um, so you do know another Joan Jett song. Uh, David Starr comes out to uh, Do You Want to Touch, which is by Joan Jett. Um, I don't know if you've seen him do that entrance, actually, because you've only seen him in progress. Never okay. seen No, I haven't um, seen David Starr, also, period. Very worthwhile hunting out. Um, her... Miley Cyrus and Laura Jane Grace doing a song, which was for the Stonewall charity, um, and for Miley Cyrus's charity, which raises money for trans, uh, transgender um, teenagers. Ah, and so I imagine did, Graham Linehan a, is a huge fan of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a single together, and that's a really cool song. Um, I hate you, Graham Linehan, if you're listening to this. I hate you. Yeah, you stop, trying, my to, life. stop trying to ruin our favorite TV shows. Yeah, you ruin everything, Graham Linehan. Um, and then we get... So then we get Charlotte's entrance after she got dropped off by a helicopter. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out as well, so at WrestleCon Super Show, they brought Ric Flair out before the show to talk to the crowd, and he started crying in the ring. By this point, he was a dehydrated... He must have been on an IV by the time that entrance happened. I mean, he must have done, yeah. <laughs> He's no liquid left in his body. Yeah. Um, and then Becky Lynch gets the stripped out, just like basic entrance with a bit of py- like smoke and stuff. But I thought that was fine. That's what it should be. She's she's the man, and she's like for the people kind of thing. I did want some part of me did wonder if they would. Um, I mean, it, I can't decide if it would be a great idea or a terrible idea. But if the, you know, like the classic Austin three sixteen with the glass breaking, I wondered if they might do the man with the glass breaking and just the glass breaking and nothing else. I did wonder beforehand if they might do it. It's probably <laughs> better that they didn't because it would throw people off a little bit. But I don't know. I, like, I do quite like the fact that she came out with just her entrance because yeah. that's so who she is. this was the first women's main event in WrestleMania history. Yes. And like many of the women's first matches that we've had in WWE over the last few years, something wasn't quite right in this match. <sighs> um. I mean, it's, it's really disappointing. It, like, n- I'm not talking about the matching jet. I'm just talking about this whole thing whenever they build up. Because this is the one they've built up maybe a little more. I mean, the storyline's been all over the place. Um, all all over. Um, but you think about the first women's Hell in the Cell match and all that stuff. And all those matches didn't quite live up to the hype of it being the first women's ma- like big match. And this was another one where it didn't seem like the three clicked. Now, the positives of it. Ronda Rousey was brilliant in this match. Her selling, her offense and everything looked great. She was really good and she was in the right places for a lot of this match. Um, I thought Charlotte Flair was brilliant. She comes across like a megastar. Yeah. Charlotte, like, I, I don't, Dis- you know, despite you the fact how much that, of it yeah, is like, her dad, but like, I mean, she, I think, even maybe surpasses him in terms of just getting it. Someone who just gets it straight away and you look at her and you go there's a star obviously yeah despite the fact that i don't think it should have been a, free, a triple threat i no. thought it should have been a singles match yeah as great as charlotte flair is but then charlotte flair held her own like as much as this match didn't quite hit she held up her end of the bargain i don't know what it was but something just didn't click between the three of them you get the feeling if, if it was e- any pairing of two of them it would have clicked and it would have been a great main event 
But the triple threat thing kind of threw it out a little. Do you know what the problem is? And I'm going to say this out loud and some people are going to think I, I'm wrong, okay? But the problem is Becky's character was the perfect uh, baby face to get behind. But she's not as good a worker as the other two. I'm going to throw that. Do you know what? I don't think she's a bad worker. And I completely accept that, you know, Ronda's only been doing it for a year. So, you know, you could question that one I, way or I would there. agree with you if in a year's time Ronda was still wrestling in, like a wrestling solo in a year's time. I think Ronda would surpass her. But Ronda does what Ronda needs to do. I don't think Becky is as good as... I, like, I never thought she was as good as, as good as Sasha and Charlotte at the time. I will Although admit... I think I would now, now I would put her on level with Sasha, probably actually maybe slightly mm-hmm. above her. I think when you see the presence that Ronda has and you see the presence that Charlotte has, for as much as her, at, her sort of out-of-ring persona has presence, I think in-ring she doesn't carry that in the same way the other two do. I think the issue through this match for me, like just thinking about after you saying that, I'm thinking, actually, Becky maybe was the weak link of this match. And I don't think it's her fault, though. I think it was the way the match was set up. Because all of Becky's offense was just trying to get the disarmor. Yeah. Which makes sense in a way. It, 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 Psychology-wise, it makes sense. That's her move. She's going to tear your arm off. But she's not doing anything to build to going for the disarmor. She's just grabbing people's arms and trying to drag them to the ground. And that didn't really flow well. Uh, we got a load of good spots in this match. But ultimately, the bit which really like left a sour taste was the finish. Yeah. So uh, Ronda goes for the Piper's Pit. Becky instead gets the uh, crucifix and pins Ronda. But Ronda had a shoulder up. Ronda's shoulders were up on two. Yeah, and I, I don't believe for one second that Ronda put her shoulder up on purpose to kind of do it. I didn't want to do a job type of thing. No. I don't believe any of that. I just think that's how they landed and her shoulder wasn't up. Her, her shoulder wasn't on the mat because of how they were positioned. It, it wasn't purposefully done or anything. Um, But... <sighs> Then they, they brought more attention to it. And it's like, this is such a monumentous moment. We've got women headlining WrestleMania. Becky Lynch has had this rise. And she's winning the title in the main event of WrestleMania. Winning two titles in the main event of WrestleMania. And you're focusing on the fact that the pinfall wasn't correct. And it took away everything. And just left you feel like... You just finished that match and just thought, oh. I think part of the problem as well doesn't help. Do you know when this match was going into the ring? Uh, Local time, it was 12.01. Our 12 time. 12.01 o'clock our time. <laughs> yeah, 5 o'clock our time, which is bad enough. But imagine you're in the country where it should be running, and it's 12.01, which caused the nightmare for traffic, apparently, as well. And yeah, because the last trains were supposed to be like 1 o'clock. Yeah, and they obviously went. Uh, my buddy Chris, who was there for quite a lot of shows, yeah. he, uh, as soon as the bell rang and the last match ran out, and managed to get the train before all the traffic really built up. So he didn't have a problem getting back to his hotel, but a lot of people did. Yeah. And it's led to a bit of a blame game, and it's all ridiculous. Well, the, I think the mayor of New Jersey had to apologize. Basically yeah. took the blame on himself. <laughs> yeah, he was there like, it's not WWE's fault for running a show well over what they said they would and all that stuff. But anyway, yeah, this match, it's, it's really frustrating because I want to see the WWE progress on these things. And when they take a step forward, they always take a step back. And I mean, in tw- 24 hours later, it's almost like it didn't happen. 
because they're back to just, you know, women being ridiculous again and all that stuff. We didn't mention the fact as well, Lacey Evans had a spot on the show for some reason where she just came out and went away again, yeah. which is really, really frustrating. Well, we do. I figured we'd deliberately omitted that in the same way that we omitted the DX five-minute glow stick party. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the Hall of Fame thing, which is, Dad, you're embarrassing us. That's <laughs> all I felt. I felt embarrassed for them. Uh, oh. But anyway, yeah, so it, it was a kind of, like, tepid ending. To a, If I wasn't so tired, I think I'd have enjoyed the show more. I'd say it was a thumbs five in the middle, thumbs slightly up. So let's talk about our highlights of Raw. Like, very quick bullet points for this last five minutes of things on Raw that intrigued us going forward or angered us terribly. Uh, I found it very funny that they did a winner-takes-all match and then didn't do a winner-takes-all match. They baited and switched the Raw after ha, Mania ha, crowd. Ha, 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 <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Um, they also baited and switched Dean Ambrose's final match. It never happened. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So but that wasn't as bad as what they did with the main. Now, the thing that uh, so two things I'll mention: uh, Bailey's back to being jobber to the stars again. Alexa Bliss returned to the ring and beat her for reasons. And then also, what's with the puppet in the box? Uh, obviously, it's Bray Wyatt. But there was a puppet in the box. But I, I, I love me a puppet. Are you saying that Bray Wyatt isn't a puppet in a box? I, I can't wait to see what... I, I hope that it's literally just a puppet in a box that does segments on Raw every week. I'd be happy with it staying that, because I love that type of thing. It's like the it's like the uh, Muppets characters that were on SNL in the original series, the weird, like, creepy things that were on it, because he couldn't use the uh, actual Muppets. Look, if you're saying on the radio, on the podcast, that... Uh, Bray Wyatt isn't a puppet in the box, then you and I are going to have a disagreement. I'm not saying he isn't. I, Good. I, I just want a puppet in a box on every Raw. Oh, there you go. Well, I think you might get that. I, I showed enough. it back in. I just want to point out, this was on Raw, and showed her the video, and left the thing afterwards where it's like other videos in the series. I want to show you, that was from WB's YouTube channel, because that was on Raw. Tell you what else was on Raw, or who else was on Raw, and not on WrestleMania for the first time in, well, since, what, 2000? Undertaker? Yeah. Because you can't bring him to New York, but i tell you where you can bring him. The beautiful city of Jeddah. <laughs> um, so Elias was doing a concert after I got rudely interrupted yesterday. I'm doing another concert, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the next person to interrupt me is a dead man. Gong! And The Undertaker comes out and uh, kills Elias. Yep. Actually kills him like Ali on Impact. Killed him. I think it would have been uh, enjoyable enough for uh, for the fans who were there. Yeah, that that was a cool moment. And after Raw went off the air, they got uh, they did the proper farewell for Dean Ambrose. They did, yeah. Not um, a lot actually happened on Raw. No, uh, people Lars saying, Sullivan. Yeah, Lars Sullivan finally came back. Yeah, um, I'm happy to see him there, considering the issues he's dealt with over the last few months. And uh, missed Sasha, out on that mania payday though. Yeah, and Sasha Banks wasn't, and she's also cancelling personal appearances this week now. Yeah, she also sent out a message, and I will I will read the message. Um, she cancelled personal message. Something about the way her life happens today that makes it hard to look ahead. There are things that make it difficult to laugh, difficult to live the way you want. Uh, I'm going to go through, go through, go through. I want that feeling of coming home again. I want to feel like myself. I want that magic. So don't really know what's going on with Sasha Banks. I hope she's okay. She's all right. yeah, she also called out Alexa Bliss for blocking her on Twitter. <laughs> and AJ Styles is injured. Yeah. Which, ahead of tonight's SmackDown. Um probably means that he's not on it um so yeah that 
how, how long do we manage to do it in? We have managed to do it in 58 minutes and 30 seconds out of this point. Oh, we've got a minute and a half left. There you go. So that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's WrestleMania 35 in one hour. So WWE, it took you seven Seven hours, 23 minutes. I'm guessing we'll have a more detailed rundown of all the WrestleMania weekend stuff over the next few weeks because we're going to spend a lot of time doing all that stuff. Yes, and uh, I mean, let's be honest, someone who's actually been there will be able to give us some insight as well. So He'll have some stories to you'll tell. You'll get the live perspective from Daryl as soon as he's back in the country, as soon as they allow him back in the country. But that is it for the Royal Grumble for this week. Um, don't forget to go to facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Uh, you can also go to royalgrumble.co.uk to find our latest podcast every single time. That's also where we hope to be posting the live show we did uh, with um, multiple different uh, podcasts. Thank you to everyone involved in putting that on, Breed Wrestling, everything, the other podcasts, and everyone who came along to enjoy the show with us. We really yeah, enjoyed it. We had a fantastic time. Yeah, I'd like to thank um, uh, Sheffield Ham students, uh, Steel SHU, uh Oggy and uh, the Graps and Claps guys, um, Grandest Stage and uh, Breed for putting it on. That was really uh, great. Staring at lights and table laughers and chairs. Yes, staring at lights as well. Yeah, brilliant. That was great. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everybody. And uh, that's it. That's the end for our Grumble for this week. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Daryl. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.